Hey everybody, this is Michael with BetterClimbingBeta.com. Um, today I'm accompanied by co-host, Mr. Tyler Carson. Good to be here. And then we have a special guest, Miss Leah Dean. Hi, hello. Yeah, so... I think it's Mrs. Is it Mrs.? It, She's married. It's up. We'll figure that out later. We don't know. <laughs> edit that out. We, yeah, well, no one needs to know about that. We we'll, we actually won't edit this at all. A lot okay. of people ask us, like, so when do you guys do your editing? Never. We. <laughs> there is no... This is very, like, guerrilla warfare. We're, we don't have a production crew. This is, like... And we've bombs. already started the intro, so, like, this is the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is... This it. is what you get, We're yeah. in it. As soon as I say my name and only my first name, we're in this shit. Yep. So, mm -hmm. um, so today our podcast is being recorded outside of our studio, our multi-million dollar studio right. that we record. And we're in our remote studio um, down in the River Gorge. Secret, so, secret location. Absolutely. No one knows where it's at. Nope. Um, Pop-up podcast, if you yeah, will. Exactly. And we're here for Rocktoberfest. So right now we're going to talk about Leah, but... Hopefully, we'll do a podcast later in the dates and talk a little bit more about Rocktoberfest. Who knows? Maybe not. But regardless, um, we're going to have Leah kind of talk to us a little bit about minority groups in rock climbing, what the minority group, um, what it's like to be a minority, um, maybe some of the trials and tribulations of what that is, and teach Tyler and I. So to rip, rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> Leah... Is an African American rock climber. That's that's correct. That's my dirty secret that and, I've been hiding I, for this and podcast. You, you identify as a woman too, right? I do. Correct. Good so, answer. Good on you. Uh, yeah, we're white dudes. We're figuring this shit out, we're, right? It's been <laughs> long enough, huh? <laughs> we're a little scared about doing this podcast. <laughs> Whiteies aren't doing so hot right now, but it's okay. Leo informed us that we had it good for too long, so it's right. Time so to, again, we just wanted yeah. to get it started before anything went down. Like, okay, for our listeners. <laughs> You're now aware of the situation. You know what I thought of? Like, we could have just acted like we we could get anybody and be like, "Yo, oh, they're African American or Latino or whatever." Listen, we have it's integrity. We have integrity as podcasters. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to spell that for me later. I don't know what integrity right is. Right on. Regardless, so Leah, please tell us, you know, when you started rock climbing, how long you've been climbing, maybe what got you started. Um. Yeah. So I've been climbing for almost ten years. Um. I started climbing this is probably the bougiest story i've ever told in my life wait uh, we're white guys what's bougie mean <laughs> we're white guys that's what bougie means <laughs> that's, that's fair it. that's a good point okay. bougie is like something very fancy it's like fancy. not to be not to be confused with gucci that's no, a different thing but gucci okay. can be part of bougie yes correct how do you know more than i do <laughs> what is this i listen to music <laughs> gucci 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 what okay. not a song I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Sorry it's you. fine. So, um, I started climbing in France. Oh, is that a minority group? No, there's no. a lot of French people. Is that why you like you speak French? I do. Fun fact: one of the first times I worked because Leah, we worked together briefly. Yes. Girl over here, home girl over here, pulls out a literal French newspaper. That is correct. And is reading it, not like just reading it, like it's a normal thing. And I'm looking at it. I don't understand these words. <laughs> what are you reading? Oh, it's a French newspaper. First off, who reads the newspaper? Anymore? Right. First of all, like why why newspaper? Second of all, like you're that involved in French, you know, current events that you're reading a French newspaper. Yes. Um. So I was studying abroad in France. 
which is where the whole like being fluent in the language comes from and just like randomly reading the French newspaper here and there when I'm bored at work. Um, so the girl that I was really good friends with, her name's Ruth. Um, and she, her host parents lived basically like a street in front of the climbing gym. So, so what part of France is this, by the way? Oh, good question. Um, I was in a town called Nantes, N-A-N-T-E-S, Nantes, I guess, if you're American. Oh, gross. Okay. Ugh, exactly. Go to Nantes. <laughs> oh, hurt my feelings. Um, so I was about two and a half hours southwest of Paris in the Loire Valley region. Whoa. Okay. Um. So for the listener, how far were you from Seyus? Because that's the only place anybody knows. Very. Um, a better <laughs> landmark would be Font. Yeah, so that's I was near Paris. Exactly. So I was three hours from Font. Um, I was very far from Seyus because Seyus is in the south of France. You're a local if you're calling it Font because here in America we call it Fontainebleau. <laughs> just interesting. That interesting. really <laughs> shitty video we never aired about Fountain Blue. I'm just losing my mind over here. You guys been to Fountain Blue over there? Oh no. I think we did air that. Is that video. Did we air that one? I think that's out. Oh man, that's All upsetting. Right. So you're you're doing a study abroad? What is yeah, this? Yeah. So okay. I was studying abroad. Um, I went to Transylvania University, which is in Lexington, and I was really lucky that they really encourage people to study abroad. So I was a French major. I lived in Nantes for four months, and one of my really close friends there um, was from Colorado. She loved climbing, and she lived right over from the climbing gym. So I would wow. just go with her all the time. So she was an American girl that lived, that she was, did a study She was in the same program us. that okay. I was in. Did, do you and homegirl still kick it? Uh, she's in Colorado, so I see, I like, you know, hear from her on Facebook, that kind of a thing, okay. but I haven't like seen her in probably So she didn't years. become a bridesmaid? She didn't, unfortunately. Damn, right. she's, Is this Ruth? Ruth. Was Ruth the one from Colorado? You said you started climbing with Ruth. I yes, thought. that's, Ruth is from Colorado. Okay. Yeah, wow. she's okay. like a doctor now, she's amazing. Um, yeah. She's a total badass. So I started climbing with her, but like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? So like, I'm watching eight-year-olds just like hike up my project on lead, no less, oh, right? Wow. Like, I'm just learning how to top row. Like, I just figured out what a gree-gree was like three days ago. There's a very laissez-faire mentality for parotene, apparently, in France. 100%, yes. <laughs> um, they, just fucking go up and do it. You're fine. <laughs> children are just tiny adults in France. Um, do they smoke? <laughs> sometimes. Oh. <laughs> um, so Sorry, our French listeners were very We ignorant. do have French listeners, <laughs> this actually. This is really alienating your French demographic right now, and I'd like to apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where I started climbing. Um, so it was weird. So I was there for four months, and then I moved back, and I was in school in Lexington, right? So I moved back to school, and I'm an hour from the red. Right. So, so had you known about the red and the climbing there? Um, very vaguely, but I ended up working um at the Dick Sporting Goods in Hamburg. Shout out to people who are from Lexington and know where I'm talking about. <laughs> um and one of the guys that worked in like the bike section and like the fitness equipment section was a climber and his boss was his had been his mentor for years and years and been climbing at the red for like twenty five years. Dustin and Dave and so I started going out with them when I got back mm -hmm. mind you when I first got back from France I didn't know how any how climbing worked in America 
Wow. So you knew like the European grading system. I knew the European grading system and I knew all the words for things. In French. In mm. French. So like, and I didn't know how to use anything but like an ATC. No, I knew how to use a Grigri and an eight. Because a Grigri is French. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Petzl's a French company. So I didn't know how to use an ATC for oh, like wow. a year because I was like, I don't know what this is. You're I know so cultured. <laughs> you're I'm coming like... <laughs> back to the sticks and you're so cultured. Yeah. Um, what are you, hillbillies over here using a... What's that? An eight? No, we use we use actual belay devices that'll catch us. Exactly. Um, Were and you then a I, hillbilly? What was that? I don't <laughs> it was know. Obviously, what the, a hillbilly I, I, accent. Okay, cool. I, I'm good at hillbilly accents. Um, and I also didn't know how to use the how the tape system worked, right? Because I oh, like at a climbing gym. Yes, because okay. it was all monochrome at the gym I climbed in wow, in France. You're like light years ahead of everybody. That's what I'm saying. Like the bougiest story I've ever told. Um, so I had to like figure out all of that and then i started climbing at the red and it was amazing and then it was like senior year of college and i didn't have that many classes to take because i had done so many french major credits living in france so i would go to class at eight was my first class i was done by 11 and most days i could be at the crag by 12 12 30 and then i would Damn. come home <laughs> do homework, go to bed, and do the same thing the next day. See, I would have done that and not come home and done homework. I would have, like, got drunk at Rock House right. and then well, just stayed at the red. Well, you have to keep in mind, this was 10 years ago, right? So Rock House wasn't a thing all back in my day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all we had was Miguel's. Rock House didn't, oh, wasn't yeah. here when I started climbing. So no, no beer. Well, yeah, beer trailers. Oh, so. beer trailers, so. Yeah. But she couldn't, like, get a get dinner and a beer necessarily exactly yeah. yeah so that's how i started climbing so i've been doing it for 10 years which is so what year wild. was that so 10 years it was 2000 so almost it was 2009 wow that's cool yeah. so i mean by and large I was still in high school by the way you're that's rude <laughs> you're like real exposure to climbing you said there was the gym yeah but like your first in-depth exposure was actually you spent more time outside the it. first time i led a route anywhere was outside wow yeah so where did you guys go outside since you were so far from like, what was there like a little dumpy crag near your guys' school in France? No. So I climbed indoors there. And so I bouldered and I did a little bit of top roping there, but I didn't start like lead climbing and sport climbing until I was back climbing at the red. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, did Ruth come back with you to Lexington? Or... No, because she was. So you at... had to make all these new friends, the guys at Dicks and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because she was at uh, Grinnell, this little school in Iowa. Mm -hmm. So you know, we like kept in touch a little bit. I ended up applying to a school, mm -hmm. um, a grad school in Denver. So I saw her when I was out in Denver looking at that school. Um, but that was kind so of it. out of curiosity. So just to, I want to go full circle <laughs> to see what your your first experience in rock climbing. You're, you're in college, you do a study abroad in France, you're, mm -hmm. studying, you're studying French, and you're in a completely different country, and you kind of learn this new sport that yeah. you didn't really necessarily know when you went to the United States. So did you feel like a minority when you were in France because you were American, or did you feel like a minority because you're African-American? That's a good question. Um, or did you not feel anything? You're just like, I, <laughs> I, this is new to me. I'm just climbing, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think I felt... I. Europe in particular, I think, is a little bit confusing and weird only because, like, the United States is one of the few countries that puts your race at sort of, like, the top of the list, hmm. right? So, like, 
there are plenty of Algerians and West Africans and people from the MENA, Middle Eastern and North African region in France. But for a lot of those people, they're French first and they're Algerian second, right? So they're literally referred mm -hmm. to as I'm French Algerian, I'm French African. So instead of being African American, you're American African. Exactly. Okay. So I think I felt more like a minority for being American. It was also a weird time because it was 2009, right? So like we were America as like a country was just coming off of like the recession, the recession and like the second Iraq war and all of that stuff. So we still weren't held in super high regard. Right. It was all those Americans over there. Exactly. Yeah. Which so, I guess we're kind of coming back to that anyway. We've circled, <laughs> it's full circle. It's fine. We're back to we're that. We're back to that. Um, so I remember being told um, to lie and tell people that I was Canadian when I was in France. But I also remember being told like, because there was a guy in my program who had this, like, really intense confrontation with some, like, elderly white guy on the French tram mm -hmm. who was saying some, like, really racist stuff to him and was like, you don't belong in this country, like, all of that stuff. Because, like, I mean, every country has racism. It's like... Is it for being American or being For being black. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, because... West Africans and like people from the MENA region aren't treated super great right. in France. Um, really shitting on France. I apologize. Um. You're, no, I mean you're. you're <laughs> no, I mean if it's you said it. I remember. So my, uh, you know, my father's a big hiker and backpacker mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And um, you know, he had people that would talk about going to, um, going hiking through Europe and that's real no they would actually say like find get a Canadian flag and sew it onto your backpack right and you will say you will just solve so many problems right because they are they said like there are bad there is aggression towards you know Americans going through whether it's because they're just janky tourists just right. kind of doing their thing or it's because the America it grows whatever yeah um that's like a legit that's a legitimate thing a lot of uh, the, like the backpackers will get like just go. It's just easier to say mm -hmm. you're Canadian. Yeah. Did you try telling them that if it wasn't for America, they'd be speaking German? I didn't bring that up. That's an interesting point. Hey, I, France, how's it feel to? I just heard somebody say that in the South once. Like oh, I don't boy. know. I don't know the historical benefits from it or not. Um. <laughs> well, we'll come back to that later. That's, um, a, that's well, a history that's its own podcast. Well, that's, oh, that's a separate episode of this podcast. Um, so yeah, it was weird in the sense that like, I definitely felt like I had to be careful about the whole notion of being American, but then you also, I think in some ways had to be careful of being black in France. Now, I think it's probably a little bit easier depending in the same way in America, right? Like the country you're in mm -hmm. or the state you're in matters. So like the region you're in matters and that kind of a thing. Um, so other than that one guy who was like, verbally accosted on a subway mm -hmm. platform um i personally didn't experience anything like that and i got lucky in that like my host mom was super understanding and i had this like weird very multicultural house that i lived in because she just took in like wayward study abroad students hmm. so it was me at one point it was me um there was a guy from india by way of china 
which was very confusing. And then there was a guy um, from Colombia, and then there was a girl from Slovenia that lived with us, with us briefly as well. So a pretty diverse house. Yeah, so a super diverse cool. house, um, which was amazing. Um, the Indi- Indian guy didn't speak any French, and the Colombian guy didn't speak any English. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So they like couldn't be in a room together without me because I had to translate <laughs> between the two of them because they couldn't understand each other. It was awesome. wild. Um, so yeah, that's how I. I hope that's on your me. resume, translator. It's not, but I should put it on there now yeah. that you've mentioned it. Yeah. That's real a world experience. Real world experience. But you're saying, I mean, you you can Europe, France, what you know, either way, you can really compare the, you know, the being a minority. It it, I guess with with certain co- obvious cultural differences. Yeah. There are similarities. I mean, it's where you are and assholes are going to be assholes wherever they are right. kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. And like I think I I think France is I was in a pretty big city, so I think the notion of like everybody's just kind of going about their business. Right. Everybody really sort of like keeps their head down in Europe. You don't smell people on the street, that kind of a thing. So I think it's in some sense a little bit easier to get by. Um and I don't think I thought about like my race as much there as probably like I do here but like here you know like I have family in North Carolina I'm like climbing in you know Slade Kentucky I'm probably like in environments where I think about like is that person like staring at me because like I'm dressed weird or are they staring at me because like because you flash their project (laughs) <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, well, so leading into that then, I guess, is, you know, obviously we can go on and on and on about just in culture in general what it's like. Right. But specifically in the climbing community, the you know, the bulk of this is, you know, talking about have you seen, you know, can you share your experiences not with Slade Kentuckians or not with French whoever, mm-hmm. but as a climber, you go into a gym, you go to a crag. Can you say that have have you noticed a distinct I'm a minority? Were you ever uncomfortable? I think that's probably a better way. I was never uncomfortable. Um, I think as I got older, I certainly became more aware of like, oh, I'm the only person of color, not even just like black person, just like I'm the only person of color, non-white, non-white person at this crag, period. Right. So I think I became, I was never uncomfortable, certainly not. Um, But I think I just became more aware of the fact that like, oh, everybody here is white, which is fine. Like, it's not like I don't like white people, obviously, but like, (laughs) I mean, I don't like white people. I'd be be very surprised. If we're being honest. That's fair. Um, But I think, you know, I remember being at the climbing gym one time and it was like after one of those, you know, unarmed black man shootings. And I remember being really upset about it. And I remember being like, is it a thing I should like bring up and like talk to people about here? And then I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is like one, a weird environment for it. And two, I was like, I don't want to come off as like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the angry black girl. Cause that's like its own separate trope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, and it's like, 
the question at hand is I'm I'm curious have you at what at what point did you find like or see another like black woman or black man at a climbing gym like how long do you think it took you until you saw like another yeah um were you I, like whoa <laughs> like is it like is it like whoa it's not whoa it's definitely like a hi hi i'm here too um <laughs> you're you not alone. Alone. You're, hi, hello. At, that, at that point does that guy have full range to be like hey do you need a boy a and thousand it, and, percent. And, and yeah. It's not like no, it's creepy 100%. at all. No, no, no. Creepy at all. It's like, okay, sweet. You're on. We get it. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, do you want to play? Like, absolutely. Yes, let's do this. Yeah. Um, There was one guy that climbed at the climbing gym very briefly. And then I, oh gosh, I was probably the only black person in the gym for four or five years. Um. Wow. Is this in... Is it, are we still in Lexington or are we in Pennsylvania? In Cincinnati. Cincinnati, wow. Okay. I was easily the only black person the entire time I was climbing in Pittsburgh. I don't... Oh, okay. I honestly don't remember seeing another black person climbing in that gym. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in Cincinnati, it's only been in like pretty recent years that I... You know, there's like at least one or two black guys that climb there. There's um, another black girl that comes in every now and then that I see. Um, and it's just cool to see. I always get really excited when I see um, just people of color, whether they're black or not, come in and it's their first time trying climbing. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that just getting more people of color exposed to the sport in general is really important. Um, in part because I think it... Okay, we're gonna circle into my dissertation super quickly, and then I'll take us back out. I'm <laughs> bring going. It on, bring it I'm up. going somewhere with this. I promise. She's a smart. Per- lay it on us. You're smart. So, than us. Um, part of what I'm looking at in my dissertation is this thing called the contact hypothesis, which essentially it was started by this guy named Gordon Allport. His basic premise is interactions with minority groups or out groups, as he calls them. Um, when they're positive, can help to overcome stereotypes, okay. right? So there's a bunch of other stuff that goes along with it that I won't get into because it's not important for this conversation. But I think that's a really good place so to... So are stereotypes only derogatory? Or is there scientific studies <laughs> that prove that stereotypes... Like the notion of a stereotype generally? Yeah, I think it depends on the stereotype, right? Because, like, for one... So, that, well, all I'm asking is, like, are stereotypes always derogatory? I've always looked at it like, that is, like, the I, worst thing you can say. I would say yes. Okay. I can't think of a stereotype that's, like... Positive. Positive. Well, well like, for an example, even like... Asian people are great at math, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah, like, a thing, but... But I think that the undercurrent of a stereotype, sort of fundamentally, is this notion of, like... You are this way because negative. you exactly. are uh, the race that and you even are. Or... Asians are good at math. I think the underlying current there is like, you're a nerd. Or like, you should just be good at math. Right, like, so help me with my math. Help me homework. with my, be an accountant because you're smart. Exactly. But also I'm going to go here and not be a nerd. Right. Kind of thing. So, so like stereotypes in general, like they don't build up even when they on the surface kind of sound like they do. That's the question. Like, yeah. Are they... So is, is stereotyping a way of... Uh, gosh, not profile. Is profiling the word? I th- 
I don't, I don't know what you mean. I mean, I guess it's so a... to profile. So so you've decided that this stereotype is a reality, sure, right? And that you are pushing that prejudice upon somebody, yeah. based on the stereotype that you know. Therefore, you are profiling. I think generalizing is probably a better word for it, right? Okay. So like, it's your way of. Are you saying generalize because generalize is not derogatory? Yeah. Okay. Um, because it's it's just your way of like putting everybody in this group into a category. Yeah, sort for of like, like market good, research or good, bad, and different, right? So, the best way to overcome those stereotypes is just interactions with those people, right? Blend there's them. Yeah, yeah, there's tons of research that says if you interact with um, immigrants or there's immigrants in your neighborhood, you're more favorable towards immigration policies. You're more favorable towards hmm. you know all kinds of things if you live in a neighborhood that's more diverse and i think sort of a similar thing can apply with climbing right where like for one i think fundamentally it's a really good place for those interactions because there is this common love and common excitement for a thing well i always i always like to say like the cool thing about climbing is we all suck at it like it mm -hmm. it we are all Leah doesn't suck at it. She's really fair enough. At it. But you know, it's like we're all trying our hardest, whatever the grade is. We're all blowing off stuff. Right. We all understand what you're climbing five nine, I'm climbing five twelve, whatever it is, like at some point we feel like we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a cool equalizing factor. Yeah, definitely. What's been really interesting to me, especially, you know, as a working through the industry itself, you know, just looking at the the, the socioeconomic differences is what yeah. I've been hyper aware of because all these gyms are opening up not in the super urban areas yeah, of cities. Right. And um, the, the um, what was the gym? I think Memphis that's pay what you can, mm -hmm. um, which is like a super cool idea. Like we understand that if we were to open up here, the people around this area wouldn't be able to afford it. Right. And so let's figure out a way to offset that. And yeah. so as I guess leading into that as a question, does that factor in to potentially why you might not see as many people of color? I mean, the gym that yeah. you have climbed at that we've worked at is in you know, Sharonville, Ohio. Right. It's a predominantly white area of the city. Um, does that factor in potentially to why so it's like, oh, yeah. go into your dissertation and then we'll, yeah, we'll like, go into the no, social no, no. economic that was, that was my own. That was the yeah. whole spiel on my dissertation. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it definitely factors in. And that's sort of another reason why I, my low key dream is to open up some sort of climbing gym, either in an urban area or figure out a way to associate sure. it with cps or something so that you can so cincinnati public school system yes okay that, thank you i should have that ain't low-key anymore like it's on a podcast now, i know so. that's that's fine nobody steal this idea it's mine mike um, mike we need some funding <laughs> <laughs> i married a lawyer for a reason um so i'm just kidding uh <laughs> love you so much He's not gonna <laughs> love <listen>. you. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> um I, my dream is to open a gym in an urban area or figure out a way to get more kids from Avondale, Walnut Hills, the West End. So these are like social economic, low income low areas. Income. Yeah. You know, if they were black, awesome, but also just like low income children, getting them involved in climbing. One, because I think there's nothing cooler than watching a kid get really psyched on climbing. Oh, like, 100%. it's my favorite. And two, 
you know, there's all the health benefits of, like, physical activity and blah, 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 blah. And I think, like... Mental benefits of... Mental benefits. Yeah. yeah, I think the community around climbing is so close, is so tight-knit, and I think that's something that, like, you know, some low-income kids may not have, right? So, like, I just think there's so many benefits to getting something together where you can take this sport that we're all really excited about and diversify it, whether it's a socioeconomic diversity or an ethnic diversity. Well, and to like, your point with your dissertation, around. I mean, you said, isn't that whole point like when you spend time with different groups? Right. And when you're getting your ass kicked with different groups of people mm-hmm. together, you know, you're going to be more likely to say like, I mean, it, sound, it really sounds silly, but like, oh, we're all the same. We're all people, Absolutely. you know, right. and yeah. it's like, it, it's 2018 and that's really what we're having to get back to is like, right. wait a minute, we're all, we're all people who are garbage at rock climbing. And I think like that is a really important thing to remember. Sure. And so, yeah, getting back to the dissertation stuff, like it helps to overcome stereotypes. It gets a lot more diversity into the room, which I think is just like really cool and really important. And just like for me growing up, there weren't a ton of like black women, certainly, and like black people generally, like doing sports stuff. Right. Right. We had like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Right. We had like Barry Bonds, sort of like steroids. So like, right. Come on, but then he's he's baseball, but yeah. But he's also juicing, right? Well, yeah. He, yeah, he corked his bat. That was his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were cheating is my point. <laughs> but they were all... Every athlete's cheating. I'm, I'm waiting for the Olympics to come out. We find out everybody was doping. That's you fair. Know? In um, the climbing world, at least. But I think, like, having those role models and, like, seeing somebody who looks like you do that thing is really important because I think it's a good way for, you know, kids especially to sort of be so, able to see themselves doing... Whatever, whether it's climbing or going to a prestigious school or getting well, a, you're certainly mass, a seeing graduate that, degree or it's whatever. Silly. You are certainly seeing that with in the superhero world now. Yeah, absolutely. Which, I mean, I'm, that's like my... I love Spider-Man. I love all the nerdy stuff. And I've actually seen some articles being written now like the positive impact having women and people of color like yeah um you know even within the spot there's like spider-man india now like they mm-hmm. care a lot now about saying and ju- to your point like kids want to feel like they can be superheroes yeah and it's a lot easier when they can say like he looks like me i want to be him yeah absolutely. so seeing a climber just destroy going like oh i could do that that looks super cool yeah is a positive potential of bringing that to climbing so like i think that's another reason why like diversity is important is because i think it it helps to reinforce this notion that like anybody can do it Mm -hmm. um and i just think that's the best and super important i don't see any harm coming from it yeah there's nothing wrong with that and i i think uh, i got two questions personally okay um first first question is um do you feel like mm, the minority is based off social economic classes like okay there's mm-hmm. not an equal representation of african americans or latinos because of the social economic classes or is it a racial thing and you can answer that question then my second question is um 
do you as an adult feel differently about seeing someone who is African-American or a woman doing, you know, badass rock climbing stuff Mm -hmm. differently than maybe a child would. So as a white man, let me give you an example. I get psyched on anybody rock climbing hard. Like I don't just like, you're crushing, you're crushing. But again, I I don't, I haven't lived like necessarily this. I don't live in a minority world. Mm -hmm. So to me, everyone is the same. Oddly sure. enough, like yeah, that's fair. so, I'm like I get psyched when I see Sasha Julian do something. I get psyched when I see Tommy Caldwell do something. Mm-hmm. I get psyched when I see anybody do something. If it's you know, you know, a youth kid at a youth program sure. getting up his first five nine yeah. or her first five nine, I'm just psyched. So yeah. I'm curious if it's different as an adult seeing somebody that looks like you do something. Mm-hmm differently from a child and then obviously the social economic classes if it's about that or is it about race um that's a good question so first question i think it's it's so hard to tell right because they out of curiosity would you say that you've so here's my thing right and eventually we'll get to you talking about a question (laughs) this is gonna get terrible welcome to our podcast leah we want you to talk but also listen to us and i i just want to make sure that i'm being clear because I'm curious if part of the reason why you were able to rock climb was because you are not in or from a low sure. income home. Yeah. So if why we have a minority of African Americans or other people of color is because of the social e- economic classing, meaning that those minorities don't necessarily reside in an upper to middle income level. Sure. And it's predominantly overrun by white privileged people in general and that's why we have that and to make it necessarily about race isn't the right approach Um, we could be more productive by making it more about a social economic thing because you said i learned this while i was in college that's when i learned rock climbing because i come from a very low income home Mm -hmm. and um even though i'm white or caucasian or however you want to explain it um but i got into it because i went to college and i was a first generation graduated of whatever it's not important but I'm I mean, more curious. Like. I'm more curious about that. So, well, and to tag onto that question, we could want I, Lee to talk. Could I also? <laughs> right, could I also? You know, if you've looked into this, because I haven't done the the the, the searching. Um, do you think the answer to that question could also be the area of the country that you're sure, in? Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm from Tennessee. Right. I see a lot of racism, sure. just like straight yeah. up. No, yeah, we're all living in the same. Uh, get out of our, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I have like people that I grew up with that are full on build the wall, right? You know, but then at the same time, you know, so Man. so wait. I just want <laughs> I just want you to know that as ignorant as I am, I forgot that that was a thing. So I lived I lived in this perfect world where, where, the, the, where the wall where didn't exist. the wall exist. is like not a thing The we wall were did about. not exist and you brought the wall back into back. my life. I brought it back, baby. So yeah, I guess just to- Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think it's... Dude, answer, answer my questions first. <laughs> Your question's related. I think it's hard to tell... Not hard to tell. I think those two things are so... And this is where, like, me being in the field that I'm in gets, like, really unhelpful because I can overthink everything really quickly. I think those two things are so easily wrapped up together, right? This notion of systemic poverty with race, like... Well, there's some history behind it. Exactly. And, like, (laughs) you get into this weird feedback loop. But to your point, you're right. 
I am a thousand percent able to rock climb because I didn't come from a low socioeconomic background. Like, make no mistake, like, my parents live in Sharonville. Like, let's get that out of the way. Well, and it's... Is well, Sharonville nice? <laughs> well, I mean... What, no, I don't know. It's well, not like, that nice. We could all say it's not an expensive sport long sure, term. yeah. But it does require... It's a lot of upfront costs. It's the upfront cost and just time associated. And you you do need disposable income. I mean, yeah. like our memberships were, what, like 48, 50 bucks a right, month? yeah. Which... Well, more importantly, it's like, this is a sport that's not so popular, so you need, like, mm-hmm. mom and dad to drive you. Right. So that low-income Right, it's home, not just around the corner, go whatever. Right. Or, like, there's not a church or a school or, like, an already an after-school after program. There's no after-school program. program and the coaching, because yeah. I do the youth programming, and it's not cheap. I mean, it costs m- money. Yeah. And so... <laughs> what else would it cost? Bitcoin. Beads. Well, Bitcoin. But to... It also does. It, it takes time to take it seriously, and it's yeah. No, that's totally so. Fair. I I and I know. Uh, I was fortunate enough that like, Tyler, you're 16. Have a car so you can go. We're tired of driving you around. Right. Go do your thing. Right. But some people are like Tyler. You're you know you're 16. We have one car in our family of eight. So right. figure um, it out. Take the bus. So yeah. No, I mean you're right. It's probably like the focus in terms of getting youth in particular involved in climbing, the focus is probably more on low socioeconomic backgrounds than it is. It probably maybe like should be on that versus race. I think for me, I get obviously more psyched on seeing kids of color climb. Um, But you could probably certainly catch both groups people of color and low socioeconomic background in the same swoop by doing you know the the big difference right is like you're not maybe necessarily going to know that a child is in a low income home sure until you get to know them a little bit more where like yeah it's like if you walk into the gym yeah you're going to realize that yeah there's a child of color and i think there's also a lot of like weird stereotypes especially around black people about this notion that like we don't like being outside like go have you never heard I, I'm, this do you know no, I, that's so, ridiculous because every cookout i've ever been to okay but there's a difference between like a cookout well, and like black people you know, that like to go into the woods so right? what's like, really that's... interesting you point that out because where i went to school mtsu so middle tennessee state was just outside of nashville and we had a huge population from memphis and jackson mm-hmm. and a lot of the athletes and all that other stuff and it was there was a noticeable, I don't want to say rift because that, that sounds almost violent. Sure. But there was like an African-American community on campus and everyone else. Right. Um, and but part of that is, do you think part of that is like a cultural segregation of its own? Like you were saying like, man, when I see my, you know, my black friend or like a black, another black person at the gym, it's like, I kind of want to talk to them. And you, because sure. na- I, I, we see that, I saw that in my own university when we had well, sure. students from China or other Asian descents come to our school. Mm-hmm. It's like they never interacted with white people. It yeah. was like they were with their, with uh, other Chinese or other Asian descent people because that's like their culture. So do you think part of it was that or like it's I own segregation? I, you're, I, oh, you're segregating yourself on your own right. and not, not unbeknownst to you maybe even sure no i mean like i think 
you know, the notion that, like, implicit bias or whatever you want to call it is, like, only localized to white people is probably insane, right? Like, sure. there's plenty of black people who are like, I don't know, I just, like, don't want to hang out with those people because they're white. No. But, so, like, yes, it's absolutely a two-way street that, like, I think everybody probably just, like, needs to be more understanding. But, to circle back. Lay it on us. Um, Thank God. <laughs> Someone had to do it. So, yeah. So, I think there's also this weird stereotype around, like, black people don't like to be outside. They outside of a cookout in their backyard. That was of racist as shit right there. <laughs> Easily. I mean, like... Oh. <laughs> God, so racist. What, next year you're going to say they don't like to swim. That's the other stereotype <laughs> that's out there. So, right, it's that stuff. So, like, when you see... Um, and I wish I could remember his Is name... Um, the and just like that, better climbing beta just shut just down. Th- shut it down. We're done. Uh. Goodbye, guys. Um, the African American swimmer who was on the U.S. Olympic team. Yeah. A few oh, years yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when you see stuff like that, it is exciting because it just like helps to break those stereotypes. Um. So, to your second question, how do I feel as an adult seeing different people of different backgrounds climb? You're right that I'm like just psyched on everybody crushing with the caveat that I am a hundred percent more excited to see ladies crush and like Kai Leitner crush. Oh yeah. I like Kai. He's the best. He's just, he's amazing. He's so sweet. Oh my God. His mom's awesome. Don't even get me started. His mom's a damn delight. Yeah. I want to meet her. I want to hang out with her. Um, I'm probably more excited to see them crush than, like, you know, your Tommies, your Alexes, your whoever's. Yeah. Um, But, you know, whether that is, I don't know, I guess personal preference is sort of wrapped up in... personal preference. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'll admit... Well, to your point, Kaisa... That's, he's just a delight. Maybe yes. one day we'll get him on the podcast. <gasps> and we'll let you sit in on Please? It. Uh, oh my god, that'd send be amazing. Him an email. Him, I don't know where he's at. I'm way too chicken shit for that. I would okay, never. You're right. Um <laughs> Maybe he'll come to Rocktoberfest. Yeah. We but like corner him in a room. I remember like when um like Margot Hayes sent La Rambla? Uh, La Rambla. The fifteen A. Yeah, the fifteen A. I remember like telling people at work about it about it. Like they first of all, like they give a shit. Yeah. But I was just like so jazzed about it. I got psyched <laughs> like, because of just the pure everyone. joy. Like she was it was so innocent joyfulness yeah. out of her. Like she as far as she was concerned, she didn't do something huge like, I don't know, first female. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she wasn't even concerned with that. It was just like I just accomplished my dream and I got stoked on that. Just being like Yeah. You're just such a nice So as much as I'd love to talk about Margot, um, maybe someday we'll have her on the podcast, but We'll have to wait and see. But regardless, so you talked about um, there's like this stereotype or that maybe African-American people don't want to be out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Do you think, did you ever get any backlash from your parents? I mean, I don't, we don't know anything about, like all we know is that you grew yeah. up in like not a low income home. Sure. So what's that like being probably the first person in your family to rock climb? <laughs> yeah. That um, That's a really good question. So yeah, to your point, like. Well, that and, like, if you're in a minority, right, mm-hmm. and just because your parents are upper income doesn't mean, like, the rest of your family is upper income. No, or, totally fair. Like, they yeah. might be in the lower, because 
yeah just out of the yeah um so my um my mom grew up like kind of sort of on a farm so like my parents are both born and raised kentuckians what part of kentucky lexington wow there you go yeah you're going back to your roots exactly i like it um so you know my mom's dad was a bricklayer like my grandma was a, was a teacher um you know like my grandma had or my mom had like a german shepherd that like followed her around everywhere but she also like had a horse that she would ride around <laughs> she and should. like it yeah. was her favorite thing ever but then you like so like my mom very much loves being outside um you know she would they camped when she was a kid that kind of a thing but my dad my dad um his dad was also a bricklayer he laid brick with his dad i think for a day and then he was i don't like, want to do this anymore it's a no for me it's yeah. a hard pass it's a hard pass and then he like never laid brick again a day in his life right so my dad is very much a like i want to be inside i want to be comfortable <laughs> my dad's amazing yeah. make no mistake he's a wonderful man but like my dad like he's he likes, okay with a desk a desk job like he's just, fine with a desk job he wants to ain't be like, no fresher air than ac no no fresher <laughs> air than ac like my dad has a he's a golfer for the most part so like i'm not kidding the range at which he will it's acceptable to play golf is like 15 maybe 20 degrees right because wow. it can't be too cold Mm-hmm. to golf and that ends at like 65 70 degrees but like, really? it also can't be too hot right so it's like 85 wow. degrees and it's like i don't think i should play golf today and he's already he's already capped out of like peak climbing weather exactly right yeah. so like the notion like i had a friend who got married on a um farm it was this beautiful wedding but i told my dad like oh they're gonna be married on this like farm whatever whatever and he was like how why like what's happening yeah. i don't understand you mean it's gonna be 62 degrees yeah no, it's thank gonna you. be 60 degrees out i don't um, need a parka so and then my grandma is very much like she likes comfort she likes a glass of wine like she's an indoor gal through and through um we should, there's a whole separate set of podcast stories about my <laughs> grandmother that like we don't have time to get into, but she's a damn delight. Um, I'll tell you some after we're done. Um, so I was living with my grandma over like school break, like in the summer, the first time I went to the red with my old climbing partner, Justin, my first climbing partner. Um, and it wasn't so... <laughs> My grandma worries a lot. Like, you, she can go from zero to like full blown. She's like, I called the cops because you didn't text me. Yeah, no, yeah, she can go from zero to sixty really, really fast when it comes to like worrying about just nonsense. So, so add add climbing to add that. like a weird outdoor sport that she's never heard of with this person that she's never met before, and we were at like DefCon five when the sentence came out of my mouth, right? <laughs> So it's hard with that. It's hard to tell whether it was like the outdoor. I think the outdoor aspect was certainly part of it, but I think the other part of it was like the stranger aspect of it. But there was a conversation where she was like, you're going to get ax murdered in the woods. And I was like, I don't think 
No, that some, would be yeah. That some of the haulers out here, I don't know. I mean, listen, and we were at like one of those crags that's like not in the guidebook kind of situation. It was like hidden him and his buddy. Just bolted, leave your cars so. unlocked. It's actually safer that way. Yeah, no. So like, <laughs> was she sort of right? Sure. Maybe, probably, maybe. But she didn't know. She was she was gonna have that opinion regardless. Yeah, no, it didn't matter what I was doing. She was gonna be like, I don't get it. So like, it yeah, it's hard to tell. But like the whole notion of like I hang out and I play outside, certainly in like all sorts of weather and sure. just certainly like in general is really foreign to my parents and my grandma. Mm. I think my mom would get into it. Um, honestly, the climbing shoes are what bother my mom. Are they not fashion forward? No, they're too tight. She doesn't like the way they scrunch her toes. Oh, your mom's tried climbing. She has. Wow. Yeah, I've met, I've met her mom. She's yeah. a sweetheart. My yeah. mom's been to the Rock Quest at least once or twice. She has a very, um, she has a teeny tiny rope burn that she's very, rope burn scar that she's very wow. proud of. She's, awesome. I mean, she's legit. Yeah. Um. So, like, she would do it, but my dad is a hard pass and just, like, doesn't yeah. understand it. And then, like, I think in my broader extended family, um... It's definitely, I think, once you get out of my parents and my grandma, who, like, love me unconditionally and don't yeah. think anything I do is weird, it certainly gets to the, like, you do what now? What's happening? You know, so, you could just walk up the other side. It would be a lot right, easier. exactly. It's a lot of <laughs> yeah. that. Or, like, I have a co- cousin I'm really close with, and I always want to take her little boy who's mm-hmm. in first grade climbing, and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, first of all, he would love it because, like, he climbs everything in your home. And, and this way he'll be tied in. Like, there's less risk, exactly. actually. He's not it's better. He's going to dive bomb off your couch like he is now. Um, and, yes. And she's my cousin who very much is like, I want to be inside. I want to be comfortable. Like, I don't like bugs. I don't like heat. I'm no not trying to bugs. do it. No one likes bugs. It's just we love fair. rock climbing more yeah, than bugs. You will do. She's a, like, I like inside more than bugs. She's a hard pass on books. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, like, a much weirder thing outside of, in my, like, extended family. And they're like, well, let me, why are you doing this? Let me ask you this as we're getting on in there. We, have you experienced, um, I had a, I have a buddy now. I just kind of worked through him, lead climbing and all that other mm-hmm. stuff at the gym. Um, his name's Titus. Super chill dude. And I've actually, I've had some of these same conversations with him. Yeah. Um, and one thing that always intrigues me, and Michael's kind of said this too, like it probably because we're white, like we just kind of assume we're on the same page as everyone else. Like sure. whatever, you know, we're just doing the thing. Have you, you know, maybe outside, but maybe more predominantly like as climbing gyms are becoming more mainstream and more popular, mm-hmm. um, have you ever experienced like different treatment because you are you know like have they ever been like this girl has no idea what she's doing because no. she's black. you're clearly or not because like she's a us. woman i mean because sure. we we talked with you know biz and lily that was a mm-hmm. super informative episode and they have numerous stories as as, yeah. you do, as being a woman yeah i'm you i mean you just get that every day climbing right um but ha- ha- has there been like Oh, he because of stereotypes, or you know, like ooh, they're you know you're black, so I'm going to treat you in a different way. Yeah, specifically because of that. Have you have you seen have have you come across that? I have, but it's so. And again, I think you get this like in a lot of things outside of climbing for black women, especially. 
because you're at sort of this weird almost like double disadvantage in some senses double right? minority like, you're a double minority right you're a woman but you're also a woman of color and mm-hmm. i think that manifests itself weirdly in like regular spaces oh sure but um so i say that to say it's hard to tell whether a lot of these experiences are because i'm black or because i'm a woman you That's have right. a hard time differentiating the two. Exactly. Because nobody's going to come up to me and like... I'm treating you differently. Let exactly. us talk because you're a woman. And I like, love women. Be like, move over, N-word. I want to get on this route. Like, Whoa. that's never happened yeah. to me. I hope not. No. Good Lord. Like, <laughs> like ugh. Sorry, I took it like to a weird spot. Yeah. Um, but Wouldn't they call you Gumby or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Gumby. But like, there have been plenty of times where like, I've noticed dudes in the gym who are like trying to get on the get on the same routes as me i think with this assumption that like oh if she can do it if she can do it i can do it right it's typically i've tried that for the listeners Dude, it doesn't work leah <laughs> leah's stronger Le- than yeah you. we can't we i see some of the shit she climbs and i like, went okay ne- i'm gonna not do that actually <laughs> i like my fingers i'm good thank you for that public service announcement i guess Just so you guys know don't try that um, so, you know, that's happened to me plenty of times where there's, like, somebody in the gym who's like, oh, well, like, you know, she's tiny and she's a girl, so, like, I can for sure do whatever she's doing. And when I was at the University of Pittsburgh, I was with another one of my friends, um, who was also black, which is may or may not be pertinent to the story, but we were in the gym top roping, and these two guys were working on this route that looked really cool. And I went up and asked him about it. And both of the guys were like, ugh, I don't know. Like, There's a 5'8 over there. This is probably, like, really, it's really, really hard route. Like, I think you'd be better off on that one. And the one they pointed Please tell me you went and crushed crushed it. Yeah, so the one they pointed to was a 5'9". So I did the 5'9", came down, and then immediately did the route that they... Neither of them, neither of them had sent the route. I right. just, like, oh, wow. Neither of them had done it. They were both struggling on it. So I did the 5'9 that they suggested, quote-unquote, and then I got on the route that they were working on, which was like a low 11, and then I just like did that route, and then I came down, and I was like, I don't know, it's like not that bad, and then I left. <laughs> Damn. And like, is that the rudest thing I've ever done? Yeah, but at that point. I mean, and we get that a lot. You see like the... They probably just didn't want you to climb the route. Like, they didn't want... They figured... Oh, they're going to turn it around on me like, like, I'm the shitty one. No, like, like, they probably figured you could crush it. Like, oh, we don't want to look weak in front of whatever. I was going to ask her for a number, but she's kind of a jerk. Kind of climbing on her. But no, I think that's... uh, It's always a weird... Uh, you know, I feel like as, as again, I'm sure with your dissertation and the things you're researching, um, it's always like an uncomfortable conversation to bring up. Yeah. Um, and, and and part of it is, you know, no one wants to be offensive or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, it's like some people are genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. And, oh, totally fair. And most of the conversations that I find about, you know, what, screw it. I am interested in this. And they're like, oh, cool, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, as a gym employee, I, I get a lot of the stereotypes that I see come in. Yeah. And it's almost has nothing to do with, you know, skin color or like they look poor or whatever. It's more like homegirl over here has four inch nails. Like this is not going to sure. go down. Yeah. I don't care. Like this, she is makeup and cute and like. Yeah. 
she does not want to get her hair messed yeah. up. You know or what I'm saying? Dude, it's the dude that, like, you know, tree trimmed a couple of summers and then Right, like, or, like, he's no, no, swole. No, he's, he's swole yeah. and yes. he's like, Whoa, dude, I could totally do that. That's, that's, a, that's a very natural <laughs> That's a slur. difference. For... Sorry. Regardless, I want to ask a question because, again, part of this podcast is so that, you know, I learn. It's very selfish. This podcast is mostly about but me and what I can do learn. It. Sure. It's your podcast. So my question at hand is, as you know, as a white man, it's difficult for me to have a conversation necessarily with like a minority group so that I can learn mm-hmm. and be um, not offensive. Right. Cause sure. we're, like you just said, we're kind of afraid of being offensive. Um, I think a, a lot of the times, especially in the climbing community, we have no hatred or we're not harboring any hard feelings yeah. towards any minority period. But it's again, we're like, we'd love to like, have this conversation because we're both rock climbers and that's right. all that matters. Yeah. But how can, how can, and again, you're not speaking for, let the record show, like Leah is not speaking for every minority. She's not speaking for the African American community. She's yeah. not speaking for women. She's not doing that. Right. But how can, you know, non minorities engage with minorities and it not be like awkward or feel like we're sure. being inappropriate or we're being disrespectful? Yeah. I mean, is there any way you can share that? Is there, I mean, you might not know the answer. I mean, like, yeah, I think that is another thing that is just so difficult to determine, and so much of it is is personal preference. I think the benefit of a sport like rock climbing or just, like, any group like that in general is they are more comfortable spaces for those conversations, right? Because you already know these people. You see them around at the gym all the time. So it's a lot – it's not as weird to be like, hey, I was wondering about this thing. So it's certainly a two-way street, right? For one, I think as long as you're not, you're coming from a place of like, I really want to understand this thing. And two, you're sort of not using, there's a basic list of things that you know are like going to be offensive, right? Don't say certain things. So like, just don't use those words or say those things. Mm -hmm. And then like, that's the sort of the first step. But I think on the other side of the coin, like as a person of color, you have to come at it from this notion of they're not trying to be offensive or hurt my feelings or whatever. Like this person wants to understand where I'm coming from and they may not know how to do that either. So like if both people can come at it from a place of like, you're trying to learn and I'm, Right. Trying to share my experiences sure. again, not trying to speak for all black people or all women or all whoever, then I think that makes it a little bit easier. But I think it's going to be it's always going to be hard to have those conversations sure. when one person has a wall up because like you are ready for it to be a fight. You're ready for it sure. to be a problem, which is all, only going to make you as the, the majority group person even more timid and more skittish right. in asking those questions in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. So I think both people have to come at it from a space of like... Openness. Openness. We're just trying to learn about each other. And I do think like the climbing gym or the crag or wherever is like a really good space well, yeah, cause for that. I think there's a difference between being offensive accidentally out of ignorance and being purposefully militant and just trying to find 
something to be offended by and all of these other arguments is, is essentially what you're getting at yeah. with all of these mm-hmm. other things. Cool. So, so my question at hand is, so being a African-American woman, have you had a hard time relating to white women? Because obviously if there's going to be a reflection of women in the climate community, it's mm-hmm. going to be white women. So is there ever any difficulty communicating with white women or like, how much, you know, how difficult is that for you? No, I don't think it's difficult at all. I th- I can remember actually a probably problematic number of times, especially when I was younger, um, where like even my close, like I had really close friends who would make those comments about like, I'm way blacker than you or you're like way whiter than I am. Like I had friends who would make those comments to me. They didn't realize they were hurting your feelings. No, yeah, exactly. Not realizing yeah. that, like, that's like not a thing you should say to people. Yeah, you. That's your culture. You identify. As yeah, being African American. Um, so I think it's it's typically that kind of stuff, and I think. I mean, it certainly depends on the conversation you're trying to have around, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, I don't know if. I would always be super willing to open up to my, like, non-POC friends about, like, you know, this whole Chicago grand jury thing is, like, really bumming me out these days. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's a thing I would say outside of, like, to my parents and, like, to my husband, right? Like, no, I don't think I have a hard... So there's things in the black community that is kind of traveling around as like news or like traveling around as like something that you can confine into and you could talk and you could have maybe a likewise conversation where you can't necessarily have that conversation with a white counterpart. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think, you know, now that's like just my own personal experience. And I think that's, that has nothing to do with rock climbing. No, nothing to do with rock climbing. And I think that's just like how I personally feel about it. I know plenty of other women who, feel very strongly that they have a hard time relating to white women for whatever reason. You know, I think it depends on whether, on where you grew up and how you grew up. Um, I've heard a lot from like immigrants who find it a lot harder, right? Because their experiences are just so different. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I personally, no, it's like fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you it, seem kind of extra, you know, extroverted to some extent too. So it's not like, Oh, do I thank you? I'm at least at the rock climbing gym. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're like at work, but I think we're all a little different Sure, at the climbing That's gym fair. maybe just yeah. because we're so excited because we just got done working eight or 10 hours. Right. Um, and I think that's what makes the rock climbing gym so special is like, that's our safe place. And that's a place where we find a lot of joy. And mm-hmm. the last place we want to f- find ignorance we're, or yeah, racial right. I mean, we're not here to be like let's get into a big political comment conversation about sure, yeah. whatever the latest shitty garbage thing, thing that yeah. happened that's the shit fire. storm that is america right now right and uh but you know but to your point um you know i, I think it's it's really interesting to me that you know you mentioned like negative stereotypes and all that other mm-hmm. stuff right do you so these like I'm I'm blacker than you or you're whiter or you're not like black black or whatever sure, the yeah, thing yeah. is 
does is that rooted in those stereotypes that you were kind of discussing earlier, or is that more rooted in a cultural? You know, I, like I said, I, I'm I, I really don't know. I you know sometimes some like oh you speak like you don't speak you're whiter sure. in the way you talk. Yeah. Sounds like it's rooted in a really offensive kind of like uh, inarticulate stereotype yeah. versus for your you said your black friends would say like oh you're not a, I'm blacker than or you're whiter than me. Yeah. Is that a disconnect because of climbing or because of, you know, your going through your dissertation and all that other stuff? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think the the notion of like you sound white or you talk white or whatever, those are certainly I think rooted in a stereotype, right? Sure. It's rooted in that like you're from a really low income part of town. You're really surprisingly, you sound smart. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, I'm so shocked that you like know that SAT word. Right. I think it's rooted in that. So it's, that's definitely rooted in a stereotype. Sure. The, the Oreo thing is, I think a little bit harder to explain because I, I genuinely as the, like, receiving end of those comments right i genuinely don't know where it comes from do you know what i mean <laughs> right, like, right, right. like, like I, what makes you think that's appropriate to say to somebody period i mean and, right, vice, yeah. and vice versa you're like man i'm so much whiter than you tyler like i don't even know what the yeah, hell like, you mean uh, like, right like okay you like sure if you want it you, <laughs> wow okay we yeah, figured it out that's exactly it, how that's it works that's it that's what yeah, it is you like mims i like kenny chesney um yeah i don't like i don't I don't know where that comes from. I just know that, like, that was always a weird comment where people were like, you're such an Oreo. And I was like, but, like, am I? Cool. Because, like, so I don't it's like think almost that's a thing. Con- more confusing than offensive. Like, I I don't know what I, I don't know how to take that. I don't. Yeah, that one was always just like, I don't know what that means, though, versus, like, the notion of, like, I'm way blacker than you because I insert stereotype of black sure. people. Like, I am, I twerk better than you i listen is that a, to is that a more beef? like is that a thing like i twerk you. better than you I'm... this is an actual conversation i have with someone like when i was wow. in high school i'm not kidding um like you don't know how I to listen... twerk you're not as black as me yes Jeez. from a white person oh me. a white <laughs> no 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 okay so i'm just seeing like whatever insert every stereotype no this is a white girl yeah. that said i can twerk better than you i'm way black so than i'm you. blacker than yeah, you yeah 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 Hundred percent. What high school did you go to? <laughs> I'm out of curiosity. I went to Princeton high school. No, that's a kind. Of, I did. Is Princeton not? That Prince is kind of diverse. Princeton's you're close to huge. Super diverse. It's huge. Yeah. Right? So it's a yeah, huge just district. lots of people. So okay. it's Glendale, Sharonville, yeah. Lachlan, Lincoln Heights, Woodlawn, mm-hmm. and a white girl Glendale, came Evendale. up to you. I have, yeah. a fe- I have a feeling. Whatever. We're gonna we're gonna move forward. Yeah, that we're just gonna get forge in trouble. Ahead, forge ahead. More importantly, the idea of this podcast was that you would help shine some light like i said before you're not like standing on a mound speaking for all african-americans or all women period no, but um what i want to do is i just kind of wanted to learn what it's like to be a minority we we spoke with some we spoke with uh biz and lily earlier about being women in rock climbing mm-hmm. and, but you know right they're two white women they're not african-american or latino or a, a different minority group in the climbing world so to me this is extremely beneficial um, what I would like to do is just encourage everybody, regardless of your race, regardless of your sexuality, regardless of any of those things, please 
um, let the rock climbing gym, let the crag be a safe place that you can reach out and you can talk to people. Um, I think what's really special about the, the, the Red River Gorge is we are actually in an area that's pretty low income. I mean, we're a Mm -hmm. bunch of people just trampling in and, you know, re using these resources. And we have the ability to talk to this, um, this community and shine some light on them. And, um, some things are actually happening in the Lee counties and they're getting, you know, their rec centers being built up and all those stuff. But I just encourage everybody to not be, be afraid of diversity. Don't be afraid of, your rock climbing gym having more women or having more um, Latinos or more African-Americans or whatever. But more importantly, don't be afraid to go out there and reach out and just say hi. And, Ask questions. And, and don't be afraid and don't be uncomfortable because I think before this podcast, um, I was uncomfortable as a white man in a world that you know is a little rocky. And I don't want to necessarily hurt anyone's feelings because sure. that's not what I want to do, period. Sure. I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, and the last thing I want to do is do that accidentally or even on purpose. So, um, I would just want to thank you, Leah, so much for being of here course. and being, being a open uh, and gracious and not look at these two idiots over here. Yeah, absolutely. And just <laughs> maybe I really hope something good comes from this because, um, we, we, as a climbing podcast, we didn't necessarily dive super deep into rock climbing i think we talked about something so much bigger than rock climbing sure. but we're here because of rock climbing and yeah. i just want this to be an example that we can we can do some really great things as long as we just become friends yeah so, well thank you so much thanks all right thanks for listening